When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Feige Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we finally kiss the year 2023 goodbye via the last episode of The Wrap this year in our regular timeline. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, my ride or die, someone who is a sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Ron Wagner. I bring to you back on The Wrap, as always, on the free feed once again. I present to you, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm excited for our preview show here. Uh, I'm excited to sing the praises of some certain people. And I'm just excited to to, to end the new year uh, on, on a good note. Um, you know, the, the Lakers are the ISTs. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good way to end 2023. Now, you want to sneak that little last part in there, but have they won a game since they hung that banner up at Crypto Arena? One game. One game they've won. And I have to shout out my guy, Shaquille O'Neal, who was on TNT a few days ago noting that what they hung up should not be defined as a banner. Listen, I, I don't have no control over that. At least they didn't give them rings. Um, <laughs> I think the trophy's cool. You know, I, I I don't know about the banner, though. I, you know, completely unnecessary. It should have been like, it should have been a rectangle. So at least it could be something different. But yeah, definitely, definitely didn't need the banner. But I will say this, though. If the Pacers would have won and they'd have hung a banner, everybody would have been cheering for it. So let me just throw that out there. The hypocrisy from you. Saying that's, real, be- that's real, though. They would have hung a banner and people would be like, oh, look at the banner. It's so cool. I would not have been one of those people. All right. Fair enough. Fair you enough. do not hang a banner for an in-season tournament. Okay. So my thing is, to me, the IST is just like a, 
like a conference championship. Mm. I mean, bootleg, right? Bootleg, bootleg. In season, isn't that what a conference championship? Conference is? championship. Hey, mm. you you hang conference titles though, like college teams. College teams do. That is true. You but know, you hang- in season. This is not your conference that you're winning. Your best. You're the best team during the season. Mid-season, not even mid-season. This is just something to do to kill time, to be motivated. Well, listen, you ain't got nobody to blame this on but the ladies because Adam Silver took this from the WNBA anyway. Sure did. Robbed the idea from them, which is a good idea. That was a good idea. Still, But still, a banner, really. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on the banner. I agree. Um, definitely didn't need the banner, you know, but uh, they, they, they want to make it feel important. So they they did that. But uh, yeah, completely unnecessary. Yes. Now, I do want to question you on this because they're thinking about a little switch up for next year. So if the winner of this IST gets a trophy, they get their little medallions, get a half a million bucks a piece. Do you think they should be awarded a playoff spot automatically? So I was actually thinking about this, and I think it should even go a step further. I think... Because it, because you know, you could do that and then be like, well, we're going to the playoffs anyway. We're like, we're in the bottom eight. We only need to try. Let's just rest our guys, you know? So, what I was thinking is you take it a step further and you give some incentive. If you make the playoffs, you're guaranteed home court in the first round, regardless, you know, something like that. If you're not making the playoffs, then you should be guaranteed a playoff spot. But you should, abs- there should absolutely be some other type of team incentive to do this. Like, imagine if, like the Pistons would have won this cup. They're not going to make the playoffs, but then they win this cup and they automatically get the AC or the, or a shot in the, in the, um, the play in tournament. Like I, I think that absolutely should be an incentive next year, even though the half a million dollars, especially for some of them two way players is pretty good enough. Yes. Agreed. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, Refigure the system for next year. I like the concept. It does make teams play a little bit harder this early during the regular season. And the Lakers, when they are motivated, have proven they can be a good team. But after the tournament's over, it does seem as if it takes a lot out of you. Same for the Pacers as well. They've been on this losing streak, respectively. Saw the Lakers lose tonight to the Oklahoma City Thunder. LeBron put up 40 and still lost. But hey, it's still early. We got the Christmas games coming up on Monday. And then, of course all-star break and we kind of reset the table for the rest of the season but i do want to go through the western conference standing something we always do on this show every single week for the final time this year number one right now for now is the timberwolves 21 and 6 the nuggets right behind them 21 and 10 the thunder number three 18 and 9 the kings number four 17 and 10 the clippers number five 17 and 12 then we got the mavs 17 and 12 the pelicans 17 and 13 the rockets 15 and 12 the lakers 16 and 14 and my warriors 15 and 14 six and four in their last 10 games yeah um who's uh who's carrot top shout out to carrot top on the warriors man he's been he's been hooping he's been hooping i cannot with you. <laughs> he, he been, hey I, I i'm giving him props to like because i i thought his game was like just wonky and all this stuff but like when i like he plays hard man and he he does the right things he's a good fit for that team i can't with you 
But that's who he is, though. Like, that's what Carrot Top would look like on the basketball court. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I can't. I really can't. All right. And to show how close this conference is right now, the Suns are 14 and 14. So by the time we come back after the holidays, this lineup can change dramatically. The, the Lakers could be in the fifth spot. The Warriors could be in the fourth spot. You never know because the league changes week to week. Oh, I'm going to just tell you this. The Lakers are only going to go so far as long as we have Darvin Ham as a coach because he's an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Well, the countdown clock begins per the usual with Scott and his favorite coach in the NBA, Darvin Ham. As we get to the Eastern Conference right now, so briefly, the Celtics are number one, 22 and six. The Warriors beat them on Tuesday. Very happy about that. And overtime, the Bucks, 22 and seven. So that's very close as well. The seven and six is 20 and eight. The Magic, 17 and 11. The Heat, 17. The Knicks, 16 and 12. The Cavaliers, 17 and 13. The Pacers are 14 and 14. The Nets, 14 and 15. The Bulls, 13 and 18. And my Hawks, 12 and 17 loss to the Grizzlies tonight. And yeah, we're not very good right now. No, nah, I was watching y'all the other day. I watched y'all last night against the heat with my league pass and you know, y'all are there, <laughs> you know, y'all are out there. You know, we could be the Pistons. Oh, you're, oh, you're much better than the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't insult you like that. You're much better than the Pistons. Thank you. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't. I won't do you like that. You better not, because that is just the level of failure that I have not seen in quite some time. They're going to break the franchise record. I'm trying to foresee the next time they'll win a game, not this week, unless the starters all sit out for these games. But yeah, they're trying. But yeah, they've lost 26 in a row. So yeah, it's almost impossible to do. It's really impossible, but they're finding a way. And they're doing it and they're going to go another month without winning a game. That is crazy. But enough NBA talk right now, a table discussion until next year as we move on to the year to come for WWE. It's been quite the 2023. And next week is a bunch of best of shows for on SmackDown. So no wrap next week, but we'll be back for the first Raw of 2024 day one back and better than ever, a nice lineup, which we'll get to towards the end of this episode. But I do want to briefly talk about something that happened on Monday Night Raw. And it was, dare I say, one of the Miz's best matches ever against Gunther, who is still that dude every single time as he defended his Intercontinental Championship against the Miz. I thought this match was great. It had a couple of rough spots here and there, and the Miz did not get up for a power bomb, but Gunther hossed him right on up and hit it perfectly as we go to commercial break. But I have to give the Miz credit. He took a lashing via chops to the chest, clotheslines, power bombs. He kicked out, kept fighting throughout, and the fans were willing him to victory. And he had some very close near falls on Gunther, including that skull-crushing finale that everybody biting for the two and a half count, but Gunther, as always, comes through in the clutch, drop kick, clothesline, power bomb, and boom, he retains his IC championship. But this was a really strong match, one of the Miz's best showings, and Gunther continues to go out there and put on a clinic like no other. And this match obviously cleared what they did at Survivor Series a month ago. 
I'm not surprised. I uh, I don't know why you're surprised. You know, you got two, two all-time great, two of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time in the ring at the same time. You know, I I'm not surprised. You gotta, you have arguably one of the best wrestlers uh, going right now in Gunta. Um, just 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 a a a monster, just a beast among men. Um, and then you have just a veteran, you know, a guy who's, who's been doing it for a long time. Uh, the Miz who, uh, you know, carried Daniel Bryan to some of his best matches, uh, what? you know, led Dolph Ziggler what? to some of his best matches. What? No, I, no, no, no. Stop, 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 stop right now. Time out. Flag on the play. Retract the first statement. Cause oh. no, no, that did not happen. Stop. Oh, absolutely. Night at night of champions, uh, United <laughs> States, uh, or, or yeah, Night of Champions for the United States Championship. Uh, you know, I, I just Miz being the veteran and Daniel Bryan being the rookie that he was. Oh I, you know, it was just it was an impeccable performance. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he just he just led the way out there. You know, I still remember <laughs> I still remember the clothesline from the second rope from the Miz while Daniel Bryan was crotched on the top. I still remember all of it. Great match. Um, but in all seriousness, this is a, the Miz. The Miz has really been picking it up lately. Um, his in ring, I don't know if like what, what fire has been lit under him or if maybe somebody told him they weren't going to renew his contract or whatnot, but this dude is, he'd been wrestling like Maurice has been threatening to leave him or something. So I, uh, I, the match was great. Uh, he definitely got the 2k finisher treatment, which is a nice sign. That's definitely a show of love. And I think Gunther does a great job of showing kind of like almost not, almost like he was surprised. Like that was a little bit harder than I thought it was, which I think makes the adds and gives a little bit more to the miss. So I thought it was a great match. This is one of your more chaotic recaps of a match I've ever heard. The <laughs> egregious capping for that first half of you to even suggest that the Miz carried Daniel Bryan to anything was beyond the pale. And then I can kind of forgive you for the, for the Dolph Ziggler commentary, but Daniel Bryan, the nerve of you to lie to the people on an open mic, the audacity of you. And I had to just jump and interject because how could you do that? But thankfully your common sense kicked in and you course corrected. And then you said the obvious was the man fighting for a contract. I think he was, he was fighting for that lifetime gig to make sure that he could provide for the fourth house. Him and Maurice were moved to with their kids before the year 2026. The only thing I really want out of the Miz um, in 2024, besides getting Chris Jericho off the top of that record list um, you know, uh, goals for 2024 is we got to get Terry up out of there and we got to get Jericho <laughs> up out of there. So goals for 2024. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I need Miz and Mrs. Back, uh, 2024 USA. Let's make that happen. Let's just send Miz to SmackDown. Let's bring Miz and Mrs. Back. All right, we'll see if it'll happen. But yeah, no renewal for Miz and Mrs. just yet. I hope it gets renewed. I thought it was a very fun, easy breezy 30 minutes to get through. Love Miz's family. Adore Maurice. Love the kids. Love me some Marjo. George ain't shit. But you know, 
hey, it is what it is. That was my go-to guilty pleasure whenever Ms. and Mrs. aired after a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown on USA way back when. So let's bring back Ms. and Mrs. Who Needs the Crisplies, but apparently USA does, but I digress. The, you know, you're probably right. They will probably get a show fresh out of jail or something before they renew <laughs> Ms. and Mrs. It'll be Chrisley's fresh out of jail or something. <laughs> their return to fortune because their kids are having another reality show d- discussing their parents being locked up in prison. So I cannot. So yes. It'll be love after lockup, the Chrisley edition. Oh my God. On We TV. Let's go big. Let's do it We TV style. <laughs> We would drop the money for this, and then USA can do a documentary on it. But in the meantime, give Ms. and Mrs. their propers. That's all I'm saying. I want them back on TV very, very soon. But we shall move on to something I really enjoyed this past Monday, which was another promo exchange between Drew McIntyre and the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins ahead of their championship match at day one for Monday Night Raw on New Year's night. And Drew McIntyre is having this great villain origin story as to why he is the way he is. And he talks about sacrifices, about family and things he's going through, but still showing up to work, to do the work, to do the job consistently. And he wants to be the champion desperately. And Seth Rollins has been in his promo bag as of late. Talked his talk to CM Punk the week before. Got in McIntyre's face once again. And he's been pulling from the Hangman Page promo book saying, I pity you. I feel sorry for you. And he's basically like, you're not going to be able to take something from me that you can't get in the first place. And it went back and forth. And at first we thought that McIntyre was going to be the bigger man, but he attacked Rollins from behind they had a brawl and here we are we're heading into day one with a great world heavyweight championship match on tap with McIntyre coming in hot as a heel with good reasons to be a heel and Seth Rollins about to be in that interesting position of being a guy who is going to be defending the blood and honor of WWE against CM Punk when the time comes possibly after the Warrior Rumble depending who wins the Warrior Rumble. Yeah, I um, this match is going to be day one's day one's a nice card they got for for Monday Night Raw and and this match is is definitely leading the way. You know, Drew McIntyre having a, a a valid reason for turning heel and Seth Rollins really playing into kind of what he's presented himself as on Twitter and everything. He is kind of the company guy. He is the guy who will be the first one to stand up for the company. So him being him being the one that's like, yo, it ain't nobody's fault but your own, that especially probably rubs Drew McIntyre the wrong way because he's supposed to be one of the leaders there. So the story there is is fantastic. And, you know, Drew McIntyre still hasn't snapped. You know, even though he beat him down behind, he still hasn't snapped. You know, we've seen Drew McIntyre go crazy. Like when he first came back, that dude was just doing whatever he wanted. He was running roughhouse. When he does just go crazy and just lose his mind, it's going to be great. And it could happen after the match. I don't know. But, yeah, this match is going to be great. Drew McIntyre needs a great heel run. Um, He's somebody that I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the title in 2024. Um, You know, once, once these titles start, you know, they go off these reins, now we can start having a little bit more fluidity in what stories we tell and when we can start making moves with the title. And 
I think Drew McIntyre gets a title run in 2024. I think so too, in front of humans, which has always been my dream. You know, this guy has been denied a coronation for four years now. I want him to hear that reception, whether it's booze or cheers. He's so great. And he's playing this role so well. And it makes sense. There's a logic behind everything he's saying. You can't get mad at it whatsoever. And Rollins being way more serious as of late is good, too. And they're going to have a great match at day one. Had a really good match a few weeks ago at a PLE. And I expect them to come through once again and do what they got to do and put on a show for the people to kick off the year 2024. But I really enjoyed this segment. And as you said, I think that Drew McIntyre will be a champion in WWE sometime next year. And he's going to carry that championship proudly and get the bag while he's at it. Cause he deserves every penny he's worth. Yeah. He's a guy you can't really afford to lose. So um, yeah, you keep him around, you keep him happy and, you just make sure that he has something that he can seek his teeth into. And this has been something for him to really dive into. Uh, it will be it will be interesting to see who he does go after next after this whole Rollins thing is done. You know, what baby face does he go after? Because him and Cody is an interesting uh, mm-hmm. story. That's another mountain that Cody can topple. Another beast that Cody would need to run through. Another former champion that Cody would need to run through to get to the top. So, there's a lot that you can do uh, with Drew as a heel, but I, I am very curious to see who is that next baby face that is going to get that Drew McIntyre special after Rollins. Me too. It's going to be great regardless, and I just want the story to make sense, and I am looking forward to McIntyre's next target. It could be at the Warrior Rumble when we can tell a lot of stories within that match. It sets up a match potentially at WrestleMania. So I'm looking forward to that in the weeks to come as we get to one more item for Monday Night Raw. And it was for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team titles. It was Finn Balor and Damian Priest, the champs versus the Creed Brothers in the main event spot of Monday Night Raw. Now, this was a crowd that took a little bit of time to get into it. And eventually they did because the Creed Brothers are great. But I think Brutus got a little bit overly ambitious with the Brutus bomb in the ring to Damian Priest. He landed right on his head as first. And that had to be very painful. Priest kind of chucked Brutus out of the ring after the match was over. But before we get to the finish, let's talk about the comeback by the Creed Brothers. Julius, my guy, Cheddar Biscuits all day, came through per the usual, woke the crowd up with his offense, the suplexes, the kip-ups, everything he does is spot on, and he is going to be a big-time superstar in WWE. But I thought this was a really good match. Love the near falls. We had the crease at their finisher. We had Judgment Day kick out at the last possible moment. We had interference from Rhea Ripley, but Ivy now took care of that, but it was not enough as the Creed's lost, mostly clean to the Judgment Day to retain their tag team titles. And as I mentioned, Damian Priest wasn't the happiest post-match, kind of took it out on Brutus because he landed right on his face as first, but still very competitive, fun match. The Creed brothers are green, but this is why you have them on TV to get better, and they will in time but they got to be a bit more responsible in the ring at the exact same time. More so Brutus and Julius, but here's hoping they clean that up heading into next year. Their time will come when they're tag team champs, but Monday night, unfortunately, was not their night, but it will be at some time very soon. Yeah, the match didn't need to happen. Um, neither team needed to lose. Creed didn't need to lose this soon. Um, 
I think there's just so many other teams that you could have had in this spot, get the same result. I think the Creed brothers could have just been given a nice showcase match. Maybe you have a team that, um, you know, continue, continuously just beats them down or attacks them or something to give them a big win. But, uh, you know, you could have even had Alpha. You could have had whoever you wanted in this spot instead of the Creed brothers who did not need to be losing anytime soon. I really do still get American Alpha vibes and not in a good way. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I, I think I think what they're able to do and the way they're able to get the crowd into it is a little bit uh, different. So they have, they might have that going for them, but I don't like the direction that they're doing with the Creeds right now. I think it's a didn't need to have this match and you didn't need to have them lose so soon. Yeah, I think it's a situation where if you're not ready to crown them, don't put them in the position to be crowned when you're not going to do it. And it kind of took the fans out of it towards the end because, oh, look, they're up and they're going to do it. And then they don't. It's like, well, there goes that tag team. And you hope they don't lose momentum, but it's a kind of a catch 22. You give them this opportunity and then it's their fingers and you really don't know what to do next. And I hope they're able to bounce back from this, but it is a choice to do this the way they did it this past Monday on Raw. Ambitious to be in the main event spot. They held their own. They'll be okay, but I do sense American Alpha vibes as well and not in the good way because you want them over, you want them booked well, and you don't want to miss this opportunity when they're hot. And if you want to push them, let's do slow and steady. If you don't want to give them the championships yet, don't put them in this position if you're not going to pull the trigger and make them the champions and make stars in the process. If you got a larger story to tell with the Judgment Day, do that. And when you're ready to coronate the creed brothers that would be the time to do it but monday night was not that night and i hope it comes back around when it makes sense very soon that also leads to building up viable tag teams for priest and date for priest and finn Balor heading into early next year as well yeah and they have them they just gotta spend some time building them up but uh the follow-up will be key we'll see what the creed brothers have in store next yes and that is basically the highs and lows from this past Monday's Raw as we get to NXT. And I have this conversation piece set up from last week's show. But I do want to talk about this briefly with you because I think about the NXT Women's Division and I like it a lot. It has gone through some renovations in the past year or so. But I do sense there is one flaw that is standing out a bit more by the week. And that is softness in the babyface side of things and that we have a champion in Lara Vicaria who's very talented. She can go in the ring. I like her presence, but when she comes out, the fans don't really react to her. They don't really react to what she has to say and her promos are very dry and Becky's not there to kind of lift things up. She's basically got to be the one to be the anchor of this division on her own, but she's not the only baby face getting some so-so reactions. In reality, the heels like a Tiffany Stratton, for example, are getting more of a reaction than the babyface champion. And I think the only other babyface that has some kind of leeway right now might be Kalani Jordan or Thea Hale, but she's losing a lot lately as well. So I'm in a situation where the heels are getting this overwhelming heat in a good way for them, but the baby faces in terms of booking and how they're being presented right now is definitely a choice. It's not helping them get over with this audience. And that's not just a 
performance center situation is when they're on the road as well. Like you don't have this tangible reaction with the baby face female star and the fans wanting to rock with them throughout the match. Definitely curious as of late. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, baby face momentum there. I think when they start getting some of the women back, like I think a soul Ruka could fill that void kind of what they have, especially with her finisher. Uh, she's somebody that the crowd was starting to get behind. Fallon Henley is also someone who they've been really trying to keep involved in stories. And now she's getting more of an opportunity in the ring. So it is very important um, that they do continue to build people up. And maybe that's why we haven't had that heel champion. Maybe that's why we don't have Blair Davenport as champion yet is because we don't have any women for her to go against. You know, you have Roxanne, you have Lyra, and that's it. You know, Wendy Chu still sleeps somewhere, so they can't find her. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, it's like, where do you, where do you go from here? But, you know, I... I think they have, whenever they want, Lash Legend is somebody that they can turn babyface and really run with it. Because whenever she decides to just scoop up and toss Noam and, and, mm-hmm. and Aura, she's going to get a great reaction. And the crowd is going to go crazy for it because they're going to they're gonna push her a bit too far. And she's just going to choke slam them both. And I, she has that ability, even as a bigger female in that division, to be over as a monster baby face. I see her in a way like kind of like a Raquel was, you know, mm-hmm. where she still was a beast. She's still bigger and stronger than everybody, but she still had that sympathy and connection with the crowd. So they have them in the wings, but it just must not be a time. It must not be the right time for them yet. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. And just got to cultivate it a bit more. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Cause I don't want the baby faces to be just so, crickets in terms of reactions i want them to get over i want them to be able to engage the audience and for the fans to care about what they do and what they say and how they work in the ring and lyra you know i don't want this to be a cold title reign for her i want her to thrive but those reactions have not been the most enthusiastic as of late and i don't know what it is there's something about her that's not quite all the way there in terms of connectivity she's got like dual storylines going on we got blair davenport we got Tatum Paxley, Wednesday Adams on the side doing some crazy stalker shit, trying Wednesday to, Adams. I'm just saying, that's what she's given. <laughs> that's what she's given. It's very creepy, very weird, very stalkerish behavior from the Mickey James playbook way back in 2005 and 2006. And something I've been seeing on AEW with Sky Blue, too many creepy girls trying to be like Wednesday Adams lately. And I'm not exactly here for it. Shout out to Sky Blue though, Cheddar Biscuits. Um, I, I know I, why. I hey, know you, why you brought her up. So, but <laughs> but yeah, definitely shout out to to Sky Blue, uh, Cheddar Biscuits. I'm uh, <laughs> just yeah. So there's that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You're not wrong. And, uh, it's, uh, but you know, the Mickey, J- see the thing about the Mickey James playbook is there was the person she was going after was arguably the biggest woman in the, in the game, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the, in the, in that company at the time, Trish Stratus. So it's a bit different. Lyra's not that she's not even the biggest name in NXT. So it's a little bit different, you know, but we still, it, it it does have that same comparison, but yeah, the the babyface thing is interesting, and it is curious to see who is going to be the next baby. Because if you really think about it, Lyra kind of came out of nowhere too, as far as being a top babyface. She did, and I do wonder if she was ready for it. And I was happy when she beat Becky, but like, was it too soon? I feel like Becky had more work to do in NXT. Honestly speaking, was she the one? I don't know because the fans are not really gelling with her right now for whatever reason. And she's got the look and she's got the talent, but something about that personality is not quite gelling just yet. I hope they figure it out heading into the new year. But, you know, Trish and Mickey James way back when that was the standard of what we wanted in a feud back in the day. It was a good storyline. It was sexy. It was spicy. Had that great match at WrestleMania in Chicago. And that match for 10 years was the best women's match WWE could produce out of WrestleMania. And we didn't break that streak until Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. And that's a testament to how great Trish and Mickey James was back then to really produce a good feud. They had the fans captivated. It was very, very, very controversial in terms of the stalking and Mickey being Woo, extra in that match, but hey, it got over, and that's what matters. And she got over because of it, because she did the damn thing. Yeah, um, still still holds up today as far as women's matches go. Um, but yeah, I it, it the women the women of NXT have been a, a high point and a bright spot for the last year. HBK's done a good job of making sure that he's elevated women. He's utilized the veterans that he's had in a good way. So this coming year, I, you know, I expect the same. I'm just curious to see how he's going to do it, what women he's bringing back. Tegan Knox is somebody who I think could come back and definitely make a difference on NXT. Um, just kind of put on good matches and just be a name that's on the main roster. I'd love to see Chelsea and Piper come back and kind of just have some fun down there in NXT and just kind of bully some people. You could get a tag team over. So it's a lot of different things you can do, especially with the way they have been bringing people down. But I think 2024 is going to be a very testing and trying year for the women of NXT. Yes, especially on the babyface side. Hopefully that is strengthened in the new year as well. But I do want to talk about a very strong storyline on NXT. And this has been percolating for the last couple of weeks took a turn this past Tuesday and I have to say that I greatly enjoyed it so Trick Williams our Iron Survivor Challenge winner will face Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship at New Year's Evil hopefully 
And in the meantime, in between time, Carmelo Hayes, noted suspect in the attack on Trick Williams backstage two months ago, went inside the PC a couple of weeks ago, and he was attacked, allegedly. He was clutching his knee. The doctor told him, you're medically cleared, no worries. And later that night, we had Trick and Dragunov talk face-to-face in the ring ahead of their championship match in a few weeks. Mello comes out and he hurls an accusation saying, I know who attacked me and I know who attacked Trick. It was Ilya Dragunov. I know how he strikes. I know how he hits. It feels familiar. He did this. He planted a seed for us to be against each other. And he succeeded. And he's trying to do it again ahead of your championship match. And I'm here to tell you that it's Dragunov. And Dragunov's like, nope. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not me. You need to look at yourself. Carmelo, maybe it was you who attacked yourself. Maybe you attacked Trick after all. And Carmelo refuted these allegations saying they're not true. He and Dragunov fought over the championship belt. And allegedly, Carmelo whacked Trick in the face with said championship belt. And that's how last week's show went off the air. We get to this week's NXT. And we have Melo and Trick in the locker room. And Melo's very apologetic about what happened. Trick forgives him immediately. But Melo says, well, I can tell you that it's Dragunov. I know he did it. And I know what we can do. We can make your championship match at New Year's Eve or a triple threat. Add me to it. We can win the championship. We can take out Dragunov. We'll be the champs. Trick Mellow Gang. And Trick's like, uh, I earn my shot. Fair and square. And I don't feel comfortable sharing this opportunity with you. But I can tell you what you can do. You can help me train. You can coach me up. And Mellow agrees. And then we come back later in the show. And it's... Dragging off accepting a challenge against Rich Holland, non-title later in the show. And Mello's like, well, I told you so. If he doesn't listen to me in the beginning, we could have done a triple threat match and I could have had your back and we could have walked out as champion. But it all leads to what will happen, hopefully in two weeks, if Trick is in a position to win, what will Mello do? But I love this storyline so much. He's such a smarmy, sneaky guy, still a baby face but I don't trust him because he just wants to warm his way in this championship match for his friend, allegedly. But we all know he has ulterior motives. Yeah, the story's been good. Um, The elevation of Trick Williams has been working well, and I think Carmelo Hayes has been playing his role well. Now he's trying to place the blame on Ilya, keep the title involved. Um, It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the title match and how Carmelo Hayes plays into the finish. Yes, that is going to be very curious indeed. And if we have a championship match based on what happened at the end of NXT this past Tuesday. So I saw some footage and some photos a week before when they taped NXT a week ahead of schedule. And it showed this angle of Dragunov being stretched out of the building. And I was like, okay, what is this? Is this real? Is this an actual injury or is it a storyline? It's a storyline. And it was Rich Holland dropping him the wrong way and he was clutching his neck. And we had referees and medical personnel tend to drag him off and they had him on the stretcher and on out of the arena. And I was like, this is kind of tasteless because we saw this for real 
nearly two years ago with Big E in a very similar serious situation that is very, very real. And he has not come back from the neck injury ever since his career could very well be over. And for WWE to make light of that via the storyline is not the best. We know that Ridge has a track record of not being the most careful in the ring. I try to show grace and forgiveness in that situation. But at the exact same time, I think it's something that WWE should not trivialize via a storyline like this. And this was so unneeded when all you got to do is tell the story you need to tell, which is Dragunov versus Trick Williams at NXT New Year's Eve without any extra accoutrements attached to it. Yeah, it could be given away for Trick Williams to have an out for the win. Um, way to get dragging off off TV, but uh, it is a it was a very polarizing thing. We'll see how it comes off on TV, but yeah, it's um yeah it's definitely going to be one that's going to keep people divided as far as whether it's should be or shouldn't be on, um and how Rich Holland fits into this whole thing at the end as well. Exactly. And he's been someone that has been on the main roster the last year or so with the Brawling Brutes, with Butch, and it seems like they're going through a separation right now that might be a bit permanent. I know that Butch is going to have a match on SmackDown New Year's Resolution, and he's going to be facing off against Pretty Deadly, but he'll be picking a tag team partner of his choosing. Could it be a returning Sheamus? I don't know. Could it be Tyler Bate, who has been proposed to be on the main roster imminently? And I'm going to make a very bold prediction. Since someone's knock-a-pee clause is about to end in terms of appearing on television, if you want to get Pete Dunn over. Yes, I said his name. If you want to get Pete Dunn over, if you want to get Tyler Bate over, if you're trying to add some shine to Seamus a little bit, then it might be time to bring William Regal to television to be their manager. Yeah, that would be an interesting touch. Um, I, I don't know if they really need it. You could always bring, just have Regal bring him and Charlie up, but I don't know. But yeah, Regal back on TV is always a good thing. Yes, I agree. And I want him somewhere. He can't be a GM because that job is taken both ways, three ways, actually, if you count HBK on NXT as well. But I would love to see him, you know, bring up British Strong Style in the new year, maybe bring his own combat club to WWE. You never know. But we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's NXT for this week. Final next to last show of the year. One more fresh episode that was taped in the last couple of weeks as we head into New Year's Evil on January 2nd on USA. And in brief SmackDown news, got to talk about Roman Reigns trying to threaten the new SmackDown general manager, Nick Aldis, saying that you run things by me. You made a triple threat match between AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton. And that's great. That's all well and good. But you cross that over with me. I approve all of this. It runs through me because I'm the tribal chief. I'm the head of the table. And Nick Aldis says, you know what? I'm not middle management. I'm the main, main management. And I thought that the championship match, the Warrior Rumble was a great idea. The Chip of Threat's a great idea. Whoever's going to be facing you for that championship at the Warrior Rumble is going to be a great idea. But the buck stops with me, not with you on this show. I am not Adam Pierce, And I don't have to answer to you at your beck and call and he walks away and he left Roman Reigns shooketh and for that I enjoyed it and at some point I would love to see Nick Aldis take off that suit and go in that ring and give Roman Reigns a business why not yeah that'll be an interesting match I think Nick Aldis has done a great job 
as the GM. He's probably been the best GM they've had in a long time. And I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. He definitely makes you want to see him step in the ring. He doesn't back down. He's got a, he's got a good look, great voice. Um, I, I would like to see him mix it up. I, I can't, I can't believe that he only signed on just to be a GM. I definitely think he's getting a big, big four PLE payday somewhere down the road. Definitely. Like that is not his main gig. I refuse to believe that because let me tell you something that suit he was wearing on Friday fighting for his life. Them shoulders was fighting. Swole shoulders. Yeah. It looked like he had some shoulder pads on. It looked like he was <laughs> going to play football or something. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him and his wife show up, you know, make mm -hmm. a, make a nice little pit stop. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even be, be upset at Mickey James and him running each show. Give Mickey James a show. Let her go ahead and go ahead and run a show too. Well, why don't you just hand her on over to NXT then help, help them out a little bit. Nah, Sean been doing his thing. I can't, can't even knock Walker. He been doing his thing, but we can get up Adam Pierce on up out of here. Wait a minute. What you got against scrap daddy? I ain't never been a fan of Scrap Daddy. The temerity to say that on this live air. How dare you? He, listen, that man grows a set <laughs> randomly. <laughs> like he'll randomly just be like, not today. But then somebody will say something like, I, 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 I what am I going to do? You know, so, he, you know, he, Nick Aldis, that man walking around with his set on his on his chest. You already know what it is. Not set on his chest. Hey, when he walk in the room, you're like, God dang, let me not mess with him. <laughs> not set on his chest, though. Pause. Because <laughs> that was crazy. That, that was crazy. That That's crazy. Pause. But that, yeah, I meant what I said, but still pause. <laughs> Well, you started it saying no, a no set doubt. on one's chest. No doubt, no doubt. I, okay, no, no question. That, that one, that one's on me because that was crazy. But I meant what I said. Okay, that scrap daddy slander, I do not accept. But we shall move forward as we get to an interesting item from SmackDown. Before we get to our previews for the year ahead, Karrion Cross did a vignette and. He's trying to take credit for the changes in Shisuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Andrew McIntyre. He also said, I had the countdown clock on the bloodline a year ago and look what's happening right now. So he's trying to say everything that's happening with these four entities is because of him. Granted, he's lost every one of these feuds but he's changed these men along the way and now he has a new crew that looks an awful lot like aop authors of pain and paul ellering together to do what exactly i do not know but to even think that this whole thing was the interconnected storyline is very intriguing to me i don't buy it for a second but the fact that they threaded that together i give them credit for a job well done but this is really Karrion Cross's last 
opportunity to get over on the main roster because if this don't work, I don't know what else they can do at this point. Triple H is a loyalist. He loves the guy, loves the potential, but it has not exactly translated into compelling television for whatever reason. Well, I don't know about that because, I mean, his first few gimmicks, they had this man coming out like a Roman soldier, like he was cosplaying <laughs> to be on 300 or something. Um, then he came back, he grew his hair out. Great look with the hair. And I just don't, I mean, they haven't really given him anything. You have, he has to win matches. So I, I can't put a lot of this on him. You know, you, you have to be willing to put him over your top guys if you want him to be viewed as a top guy. If he's not going to beat Drew McIntyre, then you can't expect people to take him on the same level as Drew McIntyre. I, I think it just comes down to they're not booking him to be as strong as they perceive him and see him. Um, I, I, I think he's got a great – I think the hair adds a whole another element to him. I think it's a fantastic look. Scarlet is – she, you already know it, but she brings to the table. Like she's a great look too, and I think this whole package, that guy with AOP behind him, that's a that's a nasty little combination. So I don't put as much as this on Karen Cross, and I'm not saying he's some super charismatic top guy waiting to happen, but I also don't think he's been given a fair shake to do that because one, they haven't given him a good gimmick at least when he first debuted. And now he does have something to, to work with, but they're not letting him win matches. So he's got to be given something to work with, and he's got to be protected if they want him to be viewed as that top guy. That is true. Great hair, not going to lie. I love Scarlet. I like the vignette a lot. It gave a reason as to why all of this is happening, but at the same time, I'm like, show me at this point. Give me a feud. He can get over in as a heel. And then we're going to have a conversation. AOP's back in WWE almost officially. Good to see them back in the mix as well. I thought they were fired way prematurely a couple of years ago, but they're back in the mix now. I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do. But yeah, it's going to be wait and see. I have to see it play out on screen. And I want to see him get over as a heel in front of the people. If that happens, then hey. Good for him. But to me, this is really the last shot here because now you're trying to rationalize the change in three people in the countdown of the bloodlines implosion. And you got to show me. That's all I'm saying. And I think you will. They, I will. WWE has done a, a pretty good job of pushing factions, heel factions the last few years. And uh, every year they've had a different heel faction at the top running things um, started with the hurt business in the pandemic era. Then it went to the bloodline for about two years. And then this last year it's been the judgment day. So there is going to be a, there will be a changing of the guard as far as what that next stable is going to be in the next year. Um, Cause judgment day is already starting to fraction a little bit. And you know, I, you laid out a dream scenario that I actually kind of am behind and mommy and, and Drew McIntyre going off together and being this just completely, I don't know, even know what to call them, but that would be something. They That's a real power couple right there. But, you know, I, I do think for Karrion Cross to get over, man, you just, you have to push him. You got to, you have to let him win these matches. 
absolutely win a few too while you're at it that's what they were asking for but we'll see how they play it heading into next year one more item for smackdown that was interesting is the fact that it seems as if wwe figured out that the street profits should be baby faces who should not be booed ever and that we now have santos escobar with allies in the form of angel garza and umberto correo and their families know each other very well back in Mexico. So this could be the new legato. I'm here for it. And most importantly, it realigns Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits as baby faces because he'll turn never made any sense. And it derailed their heat. Yeah, every, everything's back where it needs to be. Um, Santos has his crew behind him. And uh, it should lead to some good matches. Agreed. So here's hoping they keep that moving forward in the new year as well. As we now get to our preview of what's to come in WWE in the year 2024. Now, I think one of the top stories you have to look forward to is the television rights fees for Monday Night Raw. And up until recently, we thought that Warner Brothers Discovery was going to be a dead deal for WWE. But due to CM Punk's return to WWE in the last month or so, the talks have been revived. How serious they are, we don't know. But Monday Night Raw is a prized television property that could go anywhere. It could stay on USA. It can move to FX, can move to tbs can move to tnt can move to a streaming service so scott if you were a betting man where do you think monday night raw is going to land next year and will the show even be on monday when it's all said and done um if i was a betting man i'd go and put my money behind one bill phil i just think they warner brothers see something in him they believe in him they were willing to let Tony Khan have a show for him. So I, I I definitely think that Raw ends up on TBS or TNT. Um I mean I know it sounds taboo to have two wrestling stations, two wrestling shows on the same station, but why not? Why not bring in two different audiences on two different nights who are gonna bring you more viewers? Like to me it makes sense to have two different wrestling shows on it. You're not it's not like it's going to bleed. You might even have it bleed into the other, if anything. But you have two shows that are going to give you 52 weeks of content every year, fresh content. Why not? So I definitely think Raw ends up on one of those channels. And then a real ratings war would begin. I think so, too. I think that the Never Say Never is more alive than ever before. I think about the last couple of years in this industry that we've been a part of. Cody Rhodes returns, Vince leaves, Vince comes back, Vince leaves, WWE is merged with Endeavor and the UFC. CM Punk returns to AEW, he leaves AEW, the determination returns to WWE, and it changes everything already instantly with the TV rights fees for Monday Night Raw. And to anyone that suggests that Warner Brothers Discovery wouldn't dare do it, they would dare do it because look at the numbers that Monday Night Raw brings in via USA. If it was not for a Monday Night Raw, USA Network would not be relevant as a network. That is a reality. So if they are able to maintain the NBA rights fees, if they don't lose them to possibly a USA that could save their network, 
Granted, if they lose Monday Night Raw, you get a bounce back via the NBA, and that is going to be up for grabs in the next year or so. But having a Monday Night Raw on WBD television, hey, that is not impossible. It could very well be on TNT, could be on TBS, and it'll be easily a top five cable network regardless because you're getting what potentially 2 million viewers watching your network every single week leading up to Dynamite that Wednesday and leading up to Rampage that Friday and Collision that Saturday. So you got four wrestling shows in your portfolio and you have one conglomerate in WWE that could give you the demos that you need, the ratings that you need to be a top five network entertainment every single week for the foreseeable future. Now, the thing is, we got Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount talking about a merger too. So that's another thing to consider in the next few years as well, because streaming services are going to be merging and networks are going to be merging, libraries are becoming one. It is a crazy time in media and sports as well in terms of where the money is going to go and who's going to go where. Yeah, and the uh, you know that's another thing. A lot of those dominoes won't fall until we get some of these streaming things to fall. I, uh, I I do think that whatever happens with Raw, the the dominoes that fall from that as far as for AEW and other places. But, I mean, you look at the CW, they have NXT and NWA. Even though NWA is just on the app, they still have two wrestling entities on on their channel. So I, I, I think we just get two of them on there um, and maybe AEW goes somewhere else. I don't think AEW is going to keep three shows, especially if they get raw. They're not going to keep three shows on there. So I don't think we'll have four nights of wrestling. You know, I don't think Collision and Rampage are both going to be on uh, TBS and TNT. Maybe one of those go uh, the Ring of Honor route or something like that. But I, I definitely think, I think we we get USA and AEW on the same platform, some way, shape, or form whether they end up in the same streaming platform for like their on-demand libraries or something like that. I think we get those two on the same platform. All right. So my next question is, if it happens, which show would AEW get rid of? Oh, Rampage. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Rampage. Rampage is gone. Um, that show ain't been relevant since CM Punk was on it. Man, those two years fly by. That was one of their better shows. Pulled good numbers on a Friday night, but not anymore. Not anymore. It's disappointing. It was an A-minus show. Now it's a C-plus show. That's the reality. And once that becomes that, I stop watching. It's just how it is. It's too much wrestling for me to cover every single week. And Rampage was a casualty of that in the last few months or so. And if WWE, if it moves to a WBD property, Rampage ain't going to be on the air too much longer. That's just a reality of it. Yes, facts. All right. So moving on to more 2024 previews and predictions. Scott, you talked this up a month ago. Mercedes Monet. Is she back in WWE no later than the Royal Rumble? Uh, yeah, I don't think. Well, no, I don't think she's back by the Royal Rumble. I think that's I think it's too soon. I wouldn't expect her back until closer to WrestleMania. 
Um, Charlotte Flair injury opens things up a bit. I genuinely think we might have got the four horsewomen. I still think we might get it. Um, you don't need Charlotte Flair to wrestle a match. Just having the four of them aligned together, the imagery would just be iconic. It would be something that you that they would be able to show for decades, forever. Uh, those four women, especially her coming back to help her best friend and uh, you know, I don't know how the coven fits into all this because they didn't showed up and <laughs> tried to hocus pocus Kyrie Sane or whatnot. So I don't know how all that fits in, but the story's there. Um, I, I think if they're not backing the Brinks truck up for for Monet, they're they're crazy. You know, I, I it's not that I think that WWE necessarily needs Monet, and I'm, that's not a knock at all. But it's just more so if you can get somebody that good and who can clearly attract and draw like she has, then you do it. You, you, you back the Brinks truck up for, and you, uh, you make the biggest possible uh, WrestleMania match and moment you can. And having those four aligned again would be arguably the biggest moment the women have ever had at WrestleMania. I'm here for the visuals. I'm here for the imagery of the four horsewomen standing tall in WWE, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and Mercedes, Sasha Banks. I would love that visual. I want them all suited up with their Rolexes looking fly. That's what I want to see. And I think it's going to happen sometime next year. I just can't put my finger on when, but I think that'll be the moment that will really cement WWE to say, hey, we built this thing 10 years ago. Look where we are right now. You got four of the very best to ever do it. And now they're in a faction working together and elevating the women around them even more so now as seasoned vets in the game that have main invented WrestleManias. And I want Bailey to be in that category one day as well. But yeah, re-upping Charlotte Flair and Bailey to multi-year contracts is a big deal. Becky's up next. And Sasha Banks wanted more money than what Charlotte got. And that's saying a lot about how she values herself and she should. Yeah. And, you know, WWE is in a position where they can afford to pay her this money. And she's in a position where she can come back and show that she's worth it all. Um, I have to say this would, this is one of Tony Khan's biggest misses. I think one thing that he always does well is he gets what he wants. And I think this is one woman who, um, especially with the way their women's division is kind of, they've had certain people really get the ball and run with it. Like Jamie Hayter, when she got the ball, she ran with it. Tony Storm's been doing a great job with it. So I think Mercedes would have been a game changer on that AEW television. So Tony Khan not being able to, well, as far as we know, he still might be able to, but as far as we know, Tony Khan not swooping in and snatching her up. I think that's going to end up being one of the biggest fumbles of uh, for AEW and a big game for WWE. Yes, had her at your show all in, in London, Wembley Stadium. She was in the crowd watching, spectating, and that could never possibly come to pass. We'll see how it all plays out in the calendar year for WWE and AW for that matter. As we get to something we've been joking about for well over a year, Cody Rhodes finishing his story. So, Scott, do you think... If we are to believe this is what's going to happen, if Cody does not win the Warrior Rumble, 
he has to go to Elimination Chamber in Australia, win that match, and earn the right to face Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. Will that be the night? Night two, we think that Cody Rhodes finally finishes his story and ends Roman's historic reign as Universal Champion. Well, just the, well, Cody Rhodes apparently just signed a new contract, but it also depends on what W views is more important: Cody Rhodes finishing his story or getting Terry up out of there. <laughs> so it's just it's just a matter of personal taste, you know. Uh, what's more important? Uh, getting Terry up out of there and and him not being able to say whatever he wants when the camera's not rolling, you know? Or are we just gonna have Cody be on his throne and uh, finally super glue that throne that he broke of Triple H's? So. It's just a matter of what we want next. Well, that is going to be quite the competing battle in terms of what WWE wants. I think it's time for Cody to finish his story. I'm tired. Let's finish it at WrestleMania 40. Let's get the pyro going. We spent so much money last year, and Cody still didn't finish his damn story. Let's get this ball rolling right now. I think it will happen. I firmly am going to hold WWE to that. He is going to find a way to that main event of WrestleMania somehow, some way. Let's talk about Phil Brooks, shall we? CM Punk, just now back in WWE, will be in the Warrior Rumble. Do you foresee CM Punk being a champion in WWE in the year 2024 after headlining, we presume, night one of WrestleMania? No question. And honestly, him being cha- him becoming champion is part of the reason I think Roman Reigns might mess around and keep that title at 40 just so we can get the imagery of Roman holding the title and CM Punk holding the title and them boys going face to face with Paul Heyman in the middle of it. I, uh, I, I, I just, that, that shot right there of Paul Heyman standing in the middle of Roman and Punk, both holding titles. That's a, that's a hell of a shot right there. Uh, it's a hell of a story. You could tell with them two as champion all year, just poking at each other taking shots at each other from across the room. You know, one champion saying, hey, I, I'm, you know, I make the belt and I'm I'm the most relevant guy here. The other guy's like, no, I, I you know, I, I 100% think Punk becomes champion. And um, part of me thinks that's the reason that Roman retains too. Oh my God. So let's just bring this baseball game back up to the top of the first inning. I told you it's a double header. Oh my god! So the second game he plays CM Punk. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Cody, I hope the money's worth it. I really do because Scott could be right because Paul is in the middle of this. You know, he was the original guy that backed CM Punk, and mind you, Punk did not need a voice. He was his own voice. Paul Heyman was a great manager, and then Roman was able to get Paul on his side nearly four years ago and Roman is able to talk for himself as well. Got the swag and cachet now to really carry himself as the ultimate star in WWE. And these two worlds must collide at some point. Does Roman need a championship to facilitate that? I don't know, but we'll see about it, but it makes things very intriguing heading into the road to WrestleMania in April from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Scott, any more thoughts you have heading into the year to come for wwe 
Yeah, I got a couple bowl predictions that I'm willing to throw out there. My first bowl prediction, uh, Baron Corbin will become NXT champion. Hmm. Uh, uh, DIY will be tag team champions hmm. at some point. And Karrion Cross will hold gold in 2024. What kind May of gold? Be, won't be world heavyweight gold, but I think okay. he'll be... U.S. champion, IC champion, because uh, the belt's coming off Gunther at some point this year because he's going for the world title. So I, I, I think he, I think Karrion Cross is as a guy who ends up becoming U.S. or IC champion. Okay, so let's discuss this a little bit further. So when Gunther loses the IC championship, who should be the man to beat him? So there's there's two ways you can go about this. If you want to if you want to make somebody Superman their first day, then I think Gunther needs to have some type of open challenge. Um, you know, it's a PLE, and he's like, "Listen, I didn't beat everybody. I just whoever wants to come out here and face me, be my guest." You know, or or the night after WrestleMania, after he beats whoever at WrestleMania, that that Raw after. You know, it's in, and here comes Dragonoff. And Gunther just needs to have a look of, nope, not doing it, and should probably just walk out the ring at that. <laughs> and should probably just walk out and leave out the ring. But Dragon, who, Dragonoff should beat him his first night on whatever show he shows up on for that title. I love it. I've talked about this for a while now, and I want Dragon off on the main roster. I think there's been some trepidation saying, will he get over? I say yes. He has got the charisma to get over. Don't overly script this guy. That kind of happened this past Monday on NXT when I was, or Tuesday I should say on NXT. Like, mm. He would never say bingo card ever in his life. So no, 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 no. Let's not do that. But him being a killer in the ring, him being the guy to take out Gunther makes complete sense to me. And I'm here for that. He can be definitely a cornerstone on either brand whenever the draft occurs heading into next year but yeah i love that idea that would be the ideal situation for me outside of chad gable being the guy and potentially sheamus who i still think deserves a run with the intercontinental championship the one championship that has eluded him his entire career yeah i'm not opposed to that either um sheamus getting that title uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't mind Seamus running it with John Cena. I still think John Cena needs to go, at least go after the IC title. Uh, I know we're probably not getting him since he's back in Hollywood doing his thing, and he's like, well, I'm not going to take bumps when I can just have somebody take my bumps for me. <laughs> but I just think Cena needs to just challenge for the IC title one time before you wrap it up. I agree. Whenever that time comes, I'm looking forward to that as well. I would love to see it one time for John Cena. What I would love to see also heading into the new year is Jade Cargill in matches in WWE. And I do foresee championship gold in her future. Yeah, that's, she's an interesting one. I, uh, she's someone who I would, as far as the gold, I'm, I'm hoping they at least hold off until SummerSlam. Uh, I don't know who you have her go against. She she's somebody who should be giving final who should be giving final boss vibes whenever she shows up. Um, me personally, I, I hope her first appearance is uh, Hawson up Nia Jax. I don't think there's any way you get somebody more over than Hawson up Nia Jax. And I think if Jade's able to just start scooping her up, 
Maybe she tosses Piper around and then she just kind of, you know, looks at all the girls is like, yo, I'm here. A storm is here. Like I, yeah, I, Jade, Jade showing up is going to uh, shake some things up. The, the way Lash Legend did her little run, Jade's going to do that on a grander scale to a whole nother level because her, her look is one in a million. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. And that's something that they can't miss in WWE. And I don't think they will heading into 2024. Another previews look for it too, is the fate of Damian Priest and the money in the bank contract. Do you think he cashes in successfully or will judgment day cost him the win when it counts the most? That's now that's an interesting one. If CM Punk never came back, I 100% think he cashes in successfully. There's still an outside chance that he cashes in successfully. There is a there is a, an intriguing story of Seth Rollins getting cashed in on at WrestleMania in a triple threat match the same way he won his first title at, uh, against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. At the time, two names who were much bigger than he was uh, two bona fide main eventers as he was climbing up. It's the same way with Seth Rollins and CM Punk, two bona fide main eventers and Damian Priest making his way up, sneaking away with the title. Uh, it would be very poetic for it to end like that. But I now that CM Punk is back in the mix, I do see Damian Priest losing his cash in. Mm, I do pursue that too. And an excommunication from the Judgment Day. But I do see Priest as a baby face heading into next year as well. I think a run of being a top face is definitely going to benefit him. I think it's something that has eluded him on the main roster due to some character stuff that hasn't worked out. But I think this run here has definitely cemented him as someone who can be worthy of being a top face in WWE. He's got the look, he's got the charisma and the talent to do it. And I think that it's time. I think that there's going to be some miscommunication. I think Judgment Day will betray him ultimately. And that will set up the babyface run down the road heading into late summer. My bold prediction. Yeah, uh, that'd be a good way to start the summer. Give him a good summer story to do. Uh, Him versus Finn being that final boss game. Absolutely. And a couple of more things to look forward to for the new year. Dream Logan Paul opponent. Ah, dream Logan Paul opponent. Um, man, honestly, just for the promo battle, <laughs> I I'd love to see him mix it up with John Cena. I <laughs> I would love to hear what John Cena would have to say about that guy in the middle of the ring and just completely undress him. I would love it. And you know what? I got two matches that I want to see that will challenge Logan Paul like he's never been challenged in life before. Give me Logan Paul versus Gunther. Oh, I don't know if he's ready for that. I <laughs> No reason to put yourself through that. I want him to. Why would he do that? Why would why would he do that? He's he 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 knows enough about wrestling and is a fan <laughs> of wrestling to know. Cause Gunther would probably take that personally. 
bro, what? Why you picked me? You want to? Re- I get you want to wrestle the Miz. Cool. I I get that. I even get you want to wrestle Ricochet. You like to fly. You can, you know, you're athletic. But you want to wrestle me? That would be like him wrestling Sheamus. I mm-hmm. bet you he won't ask to wrestle Sheamus. I want him to ask him to wrestle Sheamus too. Nah. He what? Why? Okay. Yeah. Triple H is going to be like, hey, we got a great idea. We're going to have you challenge for the IC title next. Oh, is Gunther still champion? I'm good. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I'm good. Give me Logan Paul versus Ilya Dragunov. He'll take that one over Gunther and Sheamus. <laughs> he probably will. But you know Dragunov is not going to take it easy on him at all. Oh, he's going to whip his tail. Yeah, I'd, I would rather get whooped on by Dragonoff than Gunther and Sheamus too. <laughs> if I gotta pick between the three, give me Dragonoff. Okay, that is fair play. What about Logan Paul versus Drew McIntyre? You trying? To, are you trying to turn Logan Paul babyface? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Are you are you trying to are you trying to make people cheer and and feel sorry for this man for getting chopped up, or are you trying to turn Gunther babyface? I what's going on? Because. Because one of so, the crowd is going to start going crazy for somebody, and it's either going to be they're going to chant one more time every time Gunther lays a hand on on Logan Paul when his hand prints on his chest, or they're going to start rallying behind Logan when he starts doing springboards, uh, shooting star presses, and whatnot. Now you know I am a lover of Gunther, and I have delivered a limited cheddar biscuits his way. And why not? I would love for him to be cheered by destroying and ethering the soul of Logan Paul. Those would be great matches, though. Uh, I, I specifically think him versus Gunther would be really good. Um, I we've never seen Logan well. His best match actually was probably against Roman Reigns where he was working from underneath. Mm -hmm. So there is something to him versus Gunther and him kind of working from behind and having to really rally and and, and fight from underneath. So there is something to that. He probably would get a great match. Yes, I agree. So let's manifest all of those things for the new year. That's what I want to see. And this basically puts a wrap on our expectations for the year 2024. I think that we have some great ideas, both predictions and projections as to what we want to see in WWE heading into the new year. Will any of these things happen? I don't know. But the beauty of audio is that you get to play it back in a year's time and you get to listen to what we had to say and to see how right and wrong we were about what's coming our way in the year 2024 for WWE. You know, you speak of that. I actually did listen to our show from last year, December 26th. Um, I actually wrote down a couple of things that were said. Kila, you specifically said that hell would freeze over and CM Punk would be back in WWE by the end of the year. And uh, you just made it in. Wow. Uh, by month 11. So you called that on December 26th of last year. Wow. Look at that. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, a couple other predictions that were thrown out there between us. We said that there would be more PL international PLEs and uh, we've gotten those. They went to San Juan. They're going to Paris. Uh, so they've, and they're going where else? Uh, Australia, Berlin, Berlin. So that's another one. That's another one that we correctly called. And 
one that we talked about that didn't come to fruition this year, but the seeds may have been planted is we talked about a possible forbidden door being opened. And with this partnership, it seems like with all Japan pro wrestling, maybe a little, maybe some forbidden doors might be open here soon. So wow. just wanted to say we, we, we made some pretty bold predictions last year and uh, Keela, yours specifically, we seem to be on the money. Listen, manifesting some stuff. The CM Punk one I completely forgot about, but only, only my making up words here. Only my, wow, that I actually you about to happened. Say something about Ole Anderson, so I didn't know no. where you were going. <laughs> I didn't know which where you were going. So. Only my, only my. That's what I have to say. I just cannot believe that actually happened. But I talked about it a few times. It was a gut feeling that I had. And look what happened. I didn't foresee the guy getting fired and getting hired in WWE months later. But it happened and it came true. I made the deadline. Look at that. And whatever we say on this show, hey, it is very possible that it could happen. So just keep your ears peeled, play it back in a year's time and see what happens right here on the Fight Game Media Network. But what a callback, Scott. Some things really can be manifested. Yeah, um, we still haven't been able to manifest an explanation from Liv Morgan, but uh, oh. you know, at least you got at least you got your prediction right. Oh, you know what? You're never gonna let me live that down, and you're right because I wanted Liv to explain to me why she went hardcore. It's been a year; I have no answers, and I've given up. I love her, but I've given up. And by the way, bonus: I think that Liv will be champion again sometime this year. I'll double down and say Liv's going to win the Royal Rumble and beat Ooh. Rhea Ripley for the title. Ooh, I would love to see it because I love that finish last year the Royal Rumble so much because she almost won that thing blind with the mist and she couldn't do it. But I love that possibility. There's so many possibilities for this year's WrestleMania. You got Becky Lynch in the mix. You got Rhea Ripley. You got Liv Morgan. You got Jay Cargill. You have a lot of options here. And there are no wrong answers. There's no wrong choices. Any direction could be the right direction heading into WrestleMania 40 for Rhea Ripley. But I do want more dominant opponents for Rhea. A good feud to sink her teeth into. That's been the one thing lacking in her run thus far. Good challengers to challenge her. Yeah, and Liv does that. They got the story. Everything's there. So, you know, there's a lot. And Becky Lynch is still waiting in the wings. You got Jade. So, do whatever you want with Rhea, but they have been in a holding pattern. But I'm excited to see things are going to ramp up here in January. But uh, yeah, I'm that's my early 2024 Royal Rumble pick, Liv Morgan. All right, and we'll make some formal picks down the road, but looking forward to that. But before we go, quick preview for day one going down on New Year's night on Monday Night Raw. The main event will be Seth Rollins defending his World Heavyweight Championship against Drew McIntyre. We got Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. I think we have Cody Rhodes versus Shisuke Nakamura on top of this show as well. And there might be a couple of more matches on the card if Scott can pull it up to remind me what else is going down on day one. Yeah, let me pull that up right now. And while I do that, I, um, you know, I was thinking about um, what could happen as far as uh, Seth Rollins. And maybe Rollins does lose the title beforehand and wins it and could always win it back at a different, at a later date. Or maybe Damian Priest, maybe he beats uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre beats him down. Damian Priest wins the title day one. 
you know, we get the rematch of Royal Rumble where Seth Rollins could always uh, win the card back or win the title back. As far as the card goes, we got Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, World Heavyweight Championship, Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Ivy Nile, Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax, number one contenders, Women's Tag Team Championship, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark versus Natalia and Tegan Knox. All right, so no Cody and Shin just yet, so probably we'll be holding off on that until maybe the Royal Rumble, but I did get a kick out of the, of the American Nightmare Before Christmas. That was funny on Monday. Uh, Cody, which, which part? The, the Squidward walk or just Cody being Cody? Cody being Cody, and then him immediately changing into his pastor outfit, talking to the Creed Brothers backstage after beating down Shisuke Nakamura in his sweats. Well, he went and confessed his sins, and then he, he, felt, <laughs> he felt compelled after that. So, Look at you, coming up with an explanation for everything. Yeah, listen, as long as Cody got the keys to Wakanda, he cool with me. <laughs> he does. He's got the keys to the Wakanda and the Vibranium, for the record. Until Omos comes back for it, but, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and until that time comes, the countdown to Amasa's return to WWE continues. And with that, that is a wrap for the wrap this year right here on the Fiky Media Network. I want to thank everybody for dedicating their time listening to us every week this year via Patreon, via the free feed. We're back on the free feed now more than ever, to just lend our love and support to what we love and talking all things WWE. It's going to be a fun year for us. going to be doing more things on YouTube. So follow and like all things Fike Media. We're going to be growing this baby all throughout the new year as we get ready for our favorite time of year, the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, we got got a live show first of the year. Day one, we'll be going live after Raw. So look forward to that plan for that come and join us uh we'll have plenty to talk about i'm sure something big will happen um yeah, yeah keela it's been a it's been another great year looking forward to another wonderful year uh chopping it up with you talking all things wwe and uh you know looking forward to the ist becoming the NBA champions by the end of 2024 <laughs> as well you are funny and that is not going to happen I cannot wait to relitigate that with you in June. Not going to happen. You always got to put your Lakers over. Not going to happen. Enjoy your IST and that fake-ass banner that's hanging above the arena saying they want something. Congrats to them. But we'll chop it up, the NBA, all through next year, heading into the finals in June, which, which the Lakers will not be a part of, by the way. But prayers to them anyway. But, yes, as always, I enjoy my time with you talking all things WWE and the NBA occasionally as well. Year two of us together has been fantastic. Year three is going to be special as well as we will come back here New Year's night on YouTube live after day one of Monday Night Raw recapping the car that was as we get ready for the Royal Rumble at the end of January, which jumpstarts the road to WrestleMania officially. Cannot wait to get into all of that. But until then, we're going to have a very special edition of The Wrap dropping sometime 
this week our awards edition with our very extra special guest co-host Stephen Conway as we count down the moments that defined WWE this past year and that'll tie you over until we come back live on YouTube with our day one Monday Night Raw special on January 1st live on YouTube so until then Merry Christmas Feliz Navidad Happy Kwanzaa Happy New Year from our families to yours, from myself and Salty Scott Young, that is a wrap for the year that was in WWE. Take care and bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.